Welcome back to On the Record. I'm Sheila Cast. Here's a stoop story from Sean Adamek about a flight he'll never forget. When I was in high school, I worked at a movie theater. And uh, through this movie theater, I met my friend Chris. And Chris was a couple of years older than me, and um, he was... He was a bit of a nerd. He was always uh, he was really into technology. He was kind of a computer geek, and so when I went to college, um, and and worked my butt off to be uh, to do what I do now, Chris was enjoying being a computer geek in the middle of the tech boom, and was doing very well. And his company uh, went public, and Chris was in his early to mid twenties and a multimillionaire overnight on a good day worth 10 or 12 million dollars. So, um, you know, as any young, single, multimillionaire overnight, um, you know, he needed somebody to help him spend his money and, and I was going to be that friend. So, um, so Chris and I enjoyed, enjoyed quite the life together when I was in college. Um, at this point, the movie theater that I had worked at uh, during high school was up for sale and Chris bought it. And because Chris needed to uh, keep his full-time job in order to bankroll the movie theater, he asked me, all of 20 years old, to be his business partner. And I ran the movie theater for him. And um, really, it amounted to being a, a place for us to have uh, parties with our friends. We'd shut it down quite often. Um, <laughs> but, uh, but nonetheless, that was our life. And we really we led this really extraordinary lifestyle um, together, young, single, and really rich. And another one of the toys that Chris bought was uh, an airplane. Chris always wanted his uh, pilot's license, and he got his pilot's license, and he bought this little Piper Cherokee, single prop, uh, you know, t- small two-seater airplane. So Chris and I would 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 fly all over the place. At the time, we we were living in Rhode Island, and and we'd fly to to Cape Cod for lunch, or um, you know, to New Hampshire uh, because fireworks were legal there, or you know, any any reason we would we would find to some you know to make this meaningless flight. Um, we would. So one day, Chris asked me if I would join him to go to New York to have lunch with a uh, with a business associate of his, and I, of course, never you know missing an opportunity for a free trip to Manhattan. Um, I said yes, and off we went. Flew into Long Island, took the train into into New York, and um, had a, a very expensive lunch uh, with his business associate, and uh, he hung out at this very exclusive you know cigar bar and. Uh, and it eventually turned into a very expensive dinner, and uh, and eventually we found ourselves. It was one o'clock in the morning, and and we were still there, and we needed to go home. And um, so we made our way, the train back to Long Island, and and out to the plane. And by now it was about you know quarter or two in the morning or so, pouring rain, and um, wind like crazy, very cold, really bad conditions to fly a you know tiny Piper Cherokee airplane home. So. We decided that we would hinge our decision on whether or not to fly home on this weather report that you dial into on a, on a you know, at any, any airport. Sometimes it's a live person in the tower, sometimes it's a recording. Um, but regardless, it's updated fairly frequently, and it tells you everything you need to know about the flying conditions for the night. And this is what we were going to make our decision based on, is, is how high the clouds were. Because in a, in a small plane, you, well, in any plane, you know about the altitude you're going to fly at. So depending on the cloud ceiling, according to this weather report, you knew your risk of being in the clouds when you flew. Well, the cloud ceiling, according to this report, was at 5,000 feet, which is a pretty good height for a small Piper Cherokee because you fly well below that altitude. So our risk of being caught in these storm clouds was fairly low. So we decided to go, 
And by now, the rain was hail. And it was coming down. And there was, of course, um, the risk of ice on the wings. So Chris decided we would mitigate that risk by me as the non-pilot shining a flashlight onto the wings occasionally <laughs> to check for ice forming on the, on the wings of the plane. Because any ice on the wings of a plane could, you know, be very dangerous. And we hadn't quite figured out what we would do if we found the ice on the wings of the plane. Um, luckily, we, you know, we never had to find out. Off we went, and uh, flying, you know, 1,000, 1,200, 1,300 feet, climbing 1,500 feet, and we're in the clouds. The weather service that we had dialed into, that we had hinged our decision on whether to fly home or not, was wrong. It was just, it was dead wrong. And um, as the plane is being violently tossed around in these storm clouds, um, we've realized we've made a very bad decision. And if, if you can picture for a second complete darkness when you're in these clouds, you not only don't have the lights on the ground to serve as a benchmark for your flying, you don't have the moonlight above you either. There is no light whatsoever. Your depth perception is totally gone. And it, this becomes very dangerous because as the plane's being tossed around, literally, I mean tossed from you know, one side to the other, up and down every angle, your mind and your body begins to play tricks on you. And you're, you start to feel like the plane is doing things that it isn't. Your mind might feel like the plane is flying like this, but the panel in front of you is telling you that the plane is flying perfectly parallel with the ground. The danger comes when you trust your mind over the panel in front of you because you adjust the aircraft in the wrong way, and in a violent storm, that can send easily the plane into a tailspin and you know, into the Hudson River. So we, um, after about an hour and a half of this, we decided that it would probably be a good time for an, an emergency landing. We couldn't fly below the, the clouds, we couldn't fly above the clouds. We decided we would try to make an emergency landing. And, but every time we did, the clouds would open up and there would be a clearing and we thought, well, we had beaten the storm. Of course, we hadn't because the storm was traveling in the same direction we were. But um, we would decide that we could keep going and, and fly home. And um, of course, we would get caught up in the storm again. After three hours of being tossed around every direction and, and, and me looking over to Chris and every time Chris being white knuckled on the controls of the airplane saying really reassuring things to me like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. <laughs> we eventually, thankfully, made it home. Uh, saw the lights of the runway, coasted in, and it was, you know, the longest descent ever. Uh, you know, and by, of course, the, plane, the, the, the storm had followed us, pouring rain in Rhode Island. We touched down, and Chris and I looked at each other in silence because the engine had just cut out. <laughs> Apparently, planes need oil, and ours didn't have any. And after a couple of failed attempts to restart the plane on the runway, we, we made what was probably the only smart decision of the night, which was not leaving an abandoned plane on an active runway. <laughs> and we, 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 we took the only option that was in front of us, which was to get out of the plane in the pouring rain on an active runway and pull it with our own strength a half a mile <laughs> to its parking spot. We, you know, we never thought we would die that night, but we, we were pretty certain we would crash. 
And uh, thankfully, we didn't. Uh, we didn't crash that night, but um, the economy and the tech boom and the stock market all eventually and very shortly after did crash, and it took everything that Chris owned with it. His house, his job, his plane, took everything with it. Um, and Chris, um, and of course, that, you know, that wonderful lifestyle that I lived with Chris was, was gone as well. Um, Chris has since you know, recovered financially and is doing fine, but neither of us have ever recovered from that night. We have never flown together since. <laughs> That was a strip story from Sean Adamek about crash landings and getting back on your feet. We have more information about the Stoop Storytelling series, including live events and the Stoop podcast, at the On the Record page at wypr.org. I'm Sheila Cast. Glad you're with us on the record. Hope your weekend is temperate. <laughs>